0: Hi, I'm the only cis white man not running for president. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch, and this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want, but mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. So in case it's not clear from the intro, uh, Condi's out again this week. Uh, She got a recurring part on Law & Order SVU as a woman who makes poor life choices in the teaser that leads to disaster. So, So good for Condi. I am not jealous of other people's success. Uh, But with me tonight is uh, our first recurring guest star, Oblivia!
1: Hello, hello! Ah,
0: isn't, this is a, what a time to be alive. The the double save, the snatch game.
1: That that double save last week, I mean, I was just listening to your last episode, and that needed to happen. Like, usually I get cranky about double saves, or double this, or double that, and I won't start talking too much about All-Stars 4, or we'll be here all night, but... That double save needed to happen. Yeah,
0: Remind me before you go home, we need to like pencil in a day to record our thoughts, feelings, traumas about All Stars 4. Oh yes. Uh, so you're looking great tonight. Uh, you, you've you done both your eyes and your lips, which as we'll learn is actually more makeup than you need to do to be a drag queen.
1: I know. Oh, well, perhaps more makeup, but it requires more skill. Ah.
0: <laughs> we're trying something new here and recording the night of the episode because we're not popular enough yet to get screeners from World of Wonder, which I blame all of you for. You need to be sharing this so we get popular enough to get screeners so I can do a better job of arranging my life. Have you thought about me, is what I'm asking. <laughs> all right, let, let, let's get down to business because the hour is late and we're almost out of alcohol. <laughs> so the, the wor- this was a very chill episode in a lot of ways.
1: It was. You know, it didn't... It didn't explode, there was a lot of discussion, even the thing that could have really gone pear-shaped, which we'll get to when we're discussing the beginning, the sorting out of the of the Maxi Challenge. Just, it wasn't a bunch of you know, catfighting and drama, which was enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I, I don't need, I certainly don't need fake fights, I mean... That fight in Untucked two weeks ago, those were real fights. Oh, yeah. Those oh, were yeah. those were real fucking fights. Um, but it felt like like we've already gone there, and we we can't stay there because it's too stressful, and you can't go back again right away because it would be ridiculous. So it was just like, this whole episode was just a bunch of adults being nice, and I gotta tell you, in today's world, that that's really the reality TV shocker.
1: It, it was feel-good television, and yet it was the television that when I was a kid, and I was... Watching Mama Oblivia and Papa Oblivia watching adult TV back in the eighties and early nineties. It was mostly adults being adults and got a bit of that tonight. It was it was nice. Oblivia's all grown up now. Well,
0: okay of course, I mean, even in a world in which everyone is a mature, responsible adult, Silky's still gonna Silky. What are you going to do different? Nothing. Dun,
1: dun, dun!
0: yeah I really thought that was gonna be the setup for a much harsher edit than she was gonna get this week uh, yeah. and by the way oh my god yeah silky we know Evie called you talentless you bring it up every six seconds how could we forget it it was like people people have called me talentless yes silky we know we were there like an episode ago when it happened you're not it's not even oblique it's not an oblique reference when you keep bringing it up. We're very sorry it happened, Evie's very sorry it happened, we're sorry for Evie, and let's move on. She clearly struck a nerve, and I appreciate that, but breathe. Yeah. Uh so that was it for the top yeah, there wasn't even a there wasn't even a mere message to not read this week. Because obviously no one, went home. no one went home. So yeah. that takes us into the return to the workroom. I will say Akiria and Silky walking into the workroom did make me laugh.
1: Very loudly. <laughs> that was that was quite entertaining. I was not expecting that and it was it's a nice levity to begin the episode.
0: As as was Nina attempting to floss. <laughs> as as someone comparably white to Nina, I feel her pain. It was still adorable. <laughs> Alright, well let's get to something that, that we care a great deal about. Libraries and their statuses as to whether or not they are open. I was very happy when Bruno walked out with the sun. I would have been happy if Bruno walked out carrying anything, but the sunglasses indicating it was time for the library, where it was was just an extra treat. I, I
1: was I was excited about the library. I think library is to the mini challenges like snatch game is to the maxi challenges. It's the classic. It's the one I'm always looking forward to.
0: And it's 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 the one that I think sets the queens apart. It really it. You have to be able to be a live performer uh, to be a successful drag queen. You have to be able to exist in the moment and respond to the audience in front of you. And the library is an excellent challenge to test that. And a lot of queens have, have stumbled. And largely you can tell it's when they've clearly canned a line thinking it's funny. And first of all, it's usually not funny. and And it sounds rehearsed. Like you need to have like... Uh, Looking back, who who, who do we think are the best readers? Uh, Obviously, Bianca Del Rio, who makes a living as an insult comic. Uh, Trixie was pretty good. Um, Latrice was surprisingly good, given how nice Latrice is. Latrice was coming for you.
1: I think the fact that Latrice was so nice made her reads so good. Because you were just not expecting... Something that cuts like a knife in that way to come out of the mouth of Latrice Royale. That's
0: fair. That's fair.
1: Although one thing that kind of going into this iteration of the library is you're never going to succeed in the library if you don't know the difference between an insult and a read. Go on. Just... If you if you're throwing if you're throwing an insult at somebody, you're just like oh you do this you do that, and you're not being clever or shady or playful about it. If there's not that extra layer of it there, it's not a read. It's an insult.
0: I agree. I I I I think playful is is the key word because it's it's what keeps it from being actually mean. Uh, Ursula grew up you know with with straight people and they're terrible. Um, so, like, there's a lot of times when straight people think they're being funny or it's like some kind of bonding experience, uh, the, uh, 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 see hazing as a, as a phenomena, where they think they're creating some bond, where no, you're just being an asshole. And I, I think a good read does have that, like, playful quality. Like, you don't go after the things that really hurt, you go after the things that are, like, silly and meaningless. Like, I, I agree there. Like, it has, if it doesn't have that bounce, then it is just mean and that's not fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that is going to it's going to hit on something. It's going to cut in a sense, but it's not going to cut in a way that hurts. It's cutting humor as opposed to just cutting.
0: So, looking at this, I hate to say it, but much like last week's snatch game, this was not a library for the books.
2: No,
1: it the, the clapbacks at the library we're worse than the Re- or were better than the reeds themselves
0: yeah yeah like there are just some ba- like even Queens I like like Vanji it was like I mean she was just the critique is starting to take on a little more gravity and a little more menace when it's just like vanji only knows how to be vanji and she's hilarious and I love watching Vanji be vanji but any attempt to like harness that mighty river into hydroelectric power fails.
1: Yeah, Vanjie being Vanjie was a lot funnier than Vanjie feeling like she had to read. But I think that I, I was I was looking for excitement. I was looking for fun reads. There were some chuckles here and there. There was a lot of volleying back. But I mean, Brooklyn Heights won, and she should have because the only read all day I'm gonna remember is that precious read.
0: That was a good. That was a good read. That was a good read oh and i do want to say Nina west like constantly looking for rue for approval after each read oh that
1: was so cute it
0: made my heart break a little bit i'm like you you do need a little more little more uh steel there sister you're you're a drag queen <laughs> like you gotta <laughs> but it was so sweet i'm like oh it's like a she's like a puppy and i can't be mad but Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that first the first read that Nina made about, you know, Plastique, that, that not being all she was going to leave with was the Plastique Tiara, if you will. Yeah. I think Rue was a little overly critical of that particular read. I mean, was it the funny, Was it the funniest read in the world? No. But was it so oblique that nobody knew what Nina was getting no, at? No, yeah, I got the joke. Absolutely not. And, you know, that is foreshadowing for a theme that's going to come back when we talk about the workroom before the maxi, but we'll leave it there for now.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, just, uh, and then, was there anyone else who just... Silky! Sil- oh,
1: Silky was horrible! Terrible! She Silky killed it last week. Everything she did, she killed it. Yeah. And then the first thing she did this week with the read, the the attempts to read Rue, the whole painful Asian stereotype haiku bit. Oh yeah, what even was that? Horrible. Yeah, it was.
0: I don't. I'm. I'm at a loss for words, and I. I don't say that lately.
1: It was. <laughs> I think it was silky. Trying latching onto something and trying to be clever, unexpected. I don't know when really all she was doing was showing her lack of differentiation between things that are Japanese, things that are Vietnamese, and the idea that Asian cultures are not a monolith.
0: I will say, Vanji did have the best line response to the, that's not a read, you're just threatening us.
1: I'm going to have to use that. <laughs> that. That was that was delightful. And again, that's an example of the clapback being, being better, better than, than the, the
0: reads. Yeah. I, uh, Condi and I have talked about this over the weeks Where our concern going in Was that a bunch of post-social media era Pageant drag queens Would all be too nice and professional To create good drama And obviously that's turned out not to be the case generally Evie and Vanjie are very talented Very nice people And completely organically gave us Terrifying drama But I think in the library challenge It showed that it's just like I, 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 My theory at this point is that they're afraid to really dig in, either because they have never developed that skill set in the same way, or they're afraid to really let loose for fear of, like, ending up in someone's mentions till the end of time.
1: And I completely get that. As somebody who is a lot less nervous and a lot less in their head on social media than I am in real life, there's still that fear of... I don't want the trolls to come for me that I guess to an extent there's always been that in middle school. You know, I don't want the bullies coming for me. Those people standing outside the library yelling at me and calling the beast, ma- calling me the beastmaster whenever I walked by. That wasn't good. That's... I didn't want to poke those
0: bears. Also prime example of the distinction between insults and shade.
1: Yeah, that was, that was not a read. That was just their idea of trying to be clever, but it was And I bet they thought they were so fucking funny. Oh, they thought they were hilarious. They cracked up every single time they did it.
0: Well, they probably have children they can't afford now, so we win.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so moving on to the to the Maxi challenge, the the the, the, the even the greatest the, the most tense part of any at ep- the trans episode, usually in the top three, is the transition from mini to maxi challenge when the mini challenge winner gets to set the board for the maxi challenge and everyone treats it like their history's greatest monster for demonstrating any type of strategic thinking. And even this was pretty, pretty soft. Like, Brooklyn Heights picked Nina West. Duh. Yeah. It, it, like If the maxi challenge were find a good place for pizza in Columbus, Ohio, that would be the only other circumstance in which it would be as urgent to pick Nina West as your partner.
1: Absolutely. It's it is an improv challenge. You know, no matter no, no matter what was going on with with, with Vangie and Brooklyn and no matter how many times the camera was going to cut from Brooklyn to Vangie and back, yeah. Brooklyn would have been bonkers to pick anyone but Nina West for that challenge. Yeah.
0: So, the other teams are, are Vangie and Plastique, which what did Brooklyn think Brooklyn was doing? Did Brooklyn think Brooklyn was doing something?
1: I think Brooklyn well, Brooklyn kept bringing up later that you know she was trying to pair people with more personality with people with less personality, and you know I I don't think I don't think more or less are quite the right words because even the more even the more subdued queens certainly have. Some level of personality. We've seen that from Plastique. Yeah, totally. We've seen that from Brooklyn. Yeah. But the only thing I could think of was that, you know, just sort of an opposites thing. Plastique is more subdued and very just very put together, very prim and proper. And Vangie is Miss Vangie. Indeed. Just so I think... She was trying to go for that opposites thing. That's really my best guess on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, And the other teams are, what is it? It Was Akira and Eevee?
1: It was Akira and Eevee, and then Sugarcane and Silky were the last. By default, I guess. Yeah, we'll get
0: to them in a second. But for, like, Kyria and Eevee, I would have put those two together. Like, if I were in charge of picking teams for my own delight, Mm -hmm. I would have put those two together. I'm not surprised. I mean, spoiler alert, they did well. Um, but I, I I think they would have paired well together because if nothing else, curious is at a bare minimum a workhorse who has been funny. That was that bothered me all through the workroom stuff where it's like, well, she's the lesser personality one and she hasn't brought it. I'm like, she killed in uh, uh, Good God Get Out, girl. Her her D M V employee was hilarious. Oh, and I, that was amazing. Yeah, I remain outraged. She wasn't at least in the top with some compliments.
1: Yeah, I I don't think. You know, plastic and Brooklyn and Sugarcane have all had certain you-can-be-more during the course of the season. But Akuria, you know, she certainly has that put-together ballroom aspect to her. But I don't think she's ever been dull, lifeless. I mean, yeah. she's certainly not... Not as weird as Evie Oddly, but who is? But no, that was. You know. Th- then again, there was only, there was some limit to what Brooklyn's strategy could be. Fair enough. Because you know, as far as the quieter queens, she had to work with. She had Sugar and she had Plastic. That was it.
0: Yeah. And Silky and Sugar. That was. I think Sugar probably would have done the best with Nina, and not out of a general sense if everyone was going to do well reflecting the light off that sun. Um, I just think Sugar, Sugar's natural performance ability and ability to yes and a partner, like, they are both yes and people.
1: Yes, they certainly have... They have a command of the technical aspects. It
0: would have been the most boring episode to watch because it would have been, like, 35 straight minutes of them, like, Working quietly, writing things down. So maybe that. I always wonder about this, like how much manipulation the producers do. Where if, like, Brooklyn said, Well, I wanna be with Vanji, you can't be with Vanji. We don't feel like dealing with the Twitter mentions about relationship drama, so pick someone else. Like, I wonder if the producers ever just go in and be like, uh, Yeah, here's your list.
1: <laughs> oh, Twitter would. I don't feel like dealing with the Twitter drama. Twitter would have died if Vanji and Brooklyn were together. It would have been amazing. It would have been wonderful. It may have exploded spectacularly, but there's a part of me that's a little sad I didn't get to see that because Brooklyn and Vanjie...
0: Oh no, I fully believe they will lip-sync against each other before the finale.
1: Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. It would in fact surprise me more if that didn't happen because we all know in these recent seasons that the producers are not above finagling to make it wonderful television and Vanjie and Brooklyn lip-syncing against each other would be wonderful television.
0: Yeah one one uh I was gaming out uh potential top fours with Condi over uh cocktails and uh one like assuming they do the final four bracket Mm -hmm. uh see yeah I can make sports references (laughs) ha um it would be like Brooklyn and Vangie in round one versus Silky and Evie in round one, eventually giving us a redux of Brooklyn Brooklyn and and Evie. Evie. That'd be pretty epic. My only complaint in that hypothetical is poor, sobbing Nina West.
1: Yeah, I can't fathom a Final Four at this point without Nina West.
0: Yeah, like even if she doesn't win, which I'm not saying I think she will, but I think she... I always think... The top four, or top three, not only, it's not just, like, some crude mathematical analysis of, like, most wins or whatever. I think there's always an element of, you are, like, the top three should have a divert internal drag diversity. Like, there should be a comedy queen, and a fashion queen, and a weird queen. Because otherwise, it doesn't, like, if it's two fashion, if it's, like, two pageant queens, I'm kind of like, we, we couldn't have picked between you two already? Like... I just feel like, I like the idea of it being like a drag United Nations, and we each send one representative of each nation.
1: Yes. And, you know, that idea, I get it, and it makes for so much better television, but does that stack the deck in Evie's favor, or does that stack the deck in Evie's (laughs) favor? Maybe. Because, you know, there are certainly some queens who are (laughs) off-kilter for various reasons, but the only one all season long. I mean even including the ones who have been sent home already who is really just serving that weird drag this season is Evie. And the good news is she is serving it well. Yeah, I was except s- for the snatch game. That was horrible. We all, we but all agree. other than that being Evie Oddly's not finest hour and another thing that I think we'll get into as this goes on like even like through the runway this week now that the Now that, you know, the hot of the Klieg lights and the lens are not on Evie this week for the first time in several weeks, I think she, I don't know how much of it is production and how much of it is real life, but I feel like this week Evie had the space and the freedom to become more Evie again.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I do think she has an advantage going into this season, kind of structurally, Insofar as we have not done a weird queen since, you know, season four Sharon Needles. You could you could brush Jinx into that category a little bit, because she's definitely more like she's a theater queen. She's a theater I, queen with a weirdo queen rising.
1: I yeah, I Jinx was not as overtly weird queen as a Sharon Needles, but I really did get into Jinx because of her Weird queen rising, if you will. Yeah,
0: and like, you know, maybe Sasha was a was like a avant garde queen, but that was like closer to fashion. It's thoughtful, it's very polished. But like it's been a while since we've had any type of like even in the top, where it's like like someone who represents this very new, very different style of drag. So I think just in terms of keeping the winner's circle interesting.
1: And like season ten, I mean My god, the closest season 10 had to, like, weird or off-kilter was the Vixen. And she wasn't even... I wouldn't say the Vixen was all that weird. She was just weird for season 10, which is to say season 10 wasn't that weird at all. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, at least Vixen served, like, those... You know, what was it, the pool dude? Yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, and, and, and you know, love or hate Aquaria, she is a highly polished, orthodox queen. Like, yes.
1: And like, that's, I think that is why the A word rubbed me the wrong way so much. She was too polished for me to do anything but hate her.
0: <laughs> you do hate pretty things, it's why we're friends. Um, <laughs> it's true. So, okay, so we get started in the workroom, and I have to say, I love Nina for volunteering for the sunbather, because that had to be outside her comfort zone. She's probably not, a, as, as a gay man of a certain volume, um, I understand, you know, I understand the gay community can be very harsh on body image. I appreciate that Nina was willing to go there. I think she would have had a lot of fun with it. I think it could have been a big moment for Nina.
1: It would have... I was looking forward to, to Nina s- being the sunbather. Yeah.
0: And then... Uh, here, Here's one of the many ways that I identify with one Miss Nina West of Columbus, Ohio. Nina is an accommodator. And that is largely how Ursula gets through life with a lot of people. I, you go along to get along. Just want everyone to have a nice time. There was something Nina said and it just struck me. So I wrote it down to make sure I got it right. Um... She, uh, Brooklyn, she doesn't throw a tantrum, but she kind of makes it clear she wants to sunbathe because it feels more in her wheelhouse. And Nina gives in because Nina's an accommodator. And Brooklyn, double-checking to make sure Nina's not really pissed at her, asks, like, a follow-up question, like, are you okay with this? And she says, and I quote, I just have to start thinking about character now. That is the polite Midwest way of saying fuck you and the horse she rode in on. And I... I, f- I was I felt that moment real powerful because I too have responded to a question are you okay with a face saving what's the word I'm looking for uh not a distraction a
1: diversion yeah
0: like a, yeah like a thing <laughs> too much alcohol or not enough clearly the amount I have in my system is, is wrong uh like, like just the a, half of a de- Manhattan deflection there deflection there we, there we go it's <laughs> reading rainbow here on reading drag Race. um that deflecting of oh i'm f- i'm fine i just have a lot of work to do who that was like listening to a mirror um so that was a lot i i really felt for nina in that moment because you know she'd been psyching herself up to really step outside her comfort zone and paired with what would have been her what was to become her runway look she was really there for it that week yes so i'm not pissed pissed at brooklyn heights i get the i get why brooklyn Wants to rely on her body oddy I'm sure <laughs> plenty of people do, not the least of which Miss Vanji. But <laughs> um, I would have loved... I I wish Nina could have been just incrementally less polite Midwest housewife about it. And stuck to her guns and said, I think I should do the sunbather because if only... Only because the juxtaposition would be its own source of comedy.
1: Oh, that would have been so much fun. Although, it's kind of funny that that's what you wrote down that Nina Mm. said. Because I wrote down a different quote Mm. during that whole workroom scene with Nina. I wrote, you know, this was before Rue showed up. This was during when they were discussing in the first place about doing the quote-unquote role reversal. When Nina was like, I'm really uptight and you're really free. And it's like... Yes, Nina can be uptight about a lot of things, but Brooklyn Heights, free? No. Brooklyn, I would say, is even more uptight. Yeah, Brooklyn's than not free.
0: Brooklyn's just, just skinny.
1: <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn is a ballerina. There is one or, b- ballerina, ballet dancer. I don't know what the proper term is for drag queen. We'll go with ballerina <laughs> because why not? Um, anyway, Brooklyn is a lot more out there with serving live, bendy body, but... That's also as,
0: Brooklyn's comfort zone.
1: Yes, exactly. As uptight as Nina is, Brooklyn is uptight about everything but serving live, bendy body. Yeah.
0: I was. The only other note I made in that scene was, if Brooklyn gets Nina sent home, I will set this place on fire. The fact that it's my place is irrelevant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, there... I was going to be angry if that happened, but I had enough faith in Nina's acting skills, in Nina's improv skills, to know that whatever role each of them played, Brooklyn and Nina were going to be fine. Fair enough. As soon as Brooklyn picked Nina for her team, Brooklyn and Nina were both going to be fine.
0: Fair enough. Alright, Silky and Sugar, there just wasn't a lot there, there. Silky was being Silky. I
1: I... was disappointed that when Silky was discussing the background of her character, that they were discussing selling things out of the back of a car, only because I knew Silky has at least spent some time in Chicago. So I was really, really, really hoping for a reference to... People selling all kinds of bootleg CDs and socks and stuff on the Red Line late at night.
0: Oh, that would have been great.
1: <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear, and I didn't hear it.
0: Oh, here's yeah. So someone needs to do the drag version of the uh, guy who hates cigarettes outside the old <laughs> Navy.
1: The smokers and homosexuals queen.
0: Yeah, how's that not been a thing? That that <laughs> is the kind of deep cut local Chicago flavor you come to here. Or you come to us for here on reading Drag Race. Uh, who was next? Uh, Plastique and Vanji. I like, this has, I have to say, I, I've been reading Rue a lot lately, because uh, I think there's plenty t- uh, to, about which, prepositions are hard, about which you could read Rue lately. This was really good Rue workroom banter. Her questions for both Plastique and Vanji were like, would you like a free master's class in drag? Because pay attention, here it is.
1: That's so funny that you say this was such a good Rue talk in Mm -hmm. in the workroom. I absolutely hated the talk in the drag room. Really? I thought that just about everything that Rue was asking, it just sounded mean and stabbing without really going anywhere. I thought Rue was just going from pair to pair to pair, being... She sounded like a jerk to every single one of them. No, I
0: think with uh, with with uh, and Plastique, I think she was asking the tough questions that needed to be. Like she asked the questions we know are going to come up in the in the judging panel.
1: Like I thought she was just kind of bringing up all the things they'd been criticized in in the past, and yet it I didn't feel like it was going anywhere closer to a resolution, and it almost felt like she was bringing up, not just for Plastique and Vanjie, although definitely for them as well, but going to each of the teams, picking up exactly what has been their bugbear in the last few episodes, and rubbing just a little more salt in the wound before they had to go and improv.
0: You are so nice and sweet. I just thought it was like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I thought it was just direct. I thought it was like, Here's what you need to hear. Like, and I think, you know, eight or nine episodes in, it is like, it's not getting through. So we need to be blunt. But this is this is why we have conversations. Because yes. I enjoy hearing <laughs> other people's perspectives. All I'm gonna say about Evie and Akiria's workroom at this point was just everyone kept talking about Akiria like she's some non-entity. And I'm like, where the fuck have you fuckers been?
1: Yeah, and despite what I said in basically all of my last appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race, where I was on, you know, Smokers and Homosexuals guy Downtown was to the cigarettes and the gays, like Oblivia was to Akira Davenport last time I was on the show. No, you,
0: you did not like Akira's uh,
1: Halloween every, looks. Oh, I thought every single thing she did on that Halloween episode was awful. I did not like a single thing she did. But... That wasn't any kind of... I, I didn't have any pre-existing dislike of Akyria. She's done some other things that were fantastic. And as you'll see in this episode, I kind of f- find it funny that this is the episode where I'm back on the show because as much as I hated everything Akyria did on that show, Akyria killed it.
0: Yeah, up and down. It was great. Okay, so now to get into the challenge itself. it. This was funny because last week I cracked a joke about how they don't make them do day drag anymore, and then this week they made them do day drag. So what I want to say before we get into the uh, scenes this week is uh, they haven't done an episode where they give Herschel a lot of money in a while. <laughs> so I'll see you next week with some money. Uh, the first scene up was Silky and Sugar, and I gotta say I think it went exactly like you would predict, like I like a machine could have written that outcome.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, Sugar. Sugar tried, bless her heart. The best part of Sugar, the the most memorable thing of mm. Sugar is Sugar walking on the set for the very beginning yeah. because that was some that was some caricature ass. Yeah. that Sugar had when she walked in. But the rest of it, yeah, I get it. She kind of got lost, you know, even the the thing about the iron popping up, that was more about the you know, guest holiday. star, drag police, and yeah. silky cracking about it being Holiday Inn's iron.
0: Yeah, and this is a good place. Uh, the The guest judges, two of the three guest judges this week are in the challenge. Uh, Cheyenne Jackson, uh, actor, Broadway star, and Fortune Themester. Uh, she's also a comedian. She does a bunch of sit- so I've seen her in a bunch of sitcoms. She's also delightful. My one critique for this was, if I had to rank the ten people who appeared in those scenes, the celebrity guest judges comfortably in slots three and four.
1: Yeah. Like, they... I I, I will put it this way, you know, <laughs> going back to why I'm Oblivia, at the beginning of this episode, I turn to Ursula. I'm like, who are these judges? I've never heard of any of them. And... During the episode, they're like, oh, you know, there was references to, I don't know, Orange is the New Black. But that wasn't even any of the, that that was the other guest judge. And I'm just like, I've never seen any of
0: this. (laughs) Yeah, if you ever have a thought experiment, what would it be like when aliens see Drag Race? You just have to watch Oblivion watch Drag Race because all of the cultural touchstones that would elude the aliens also elude Oblivion. Silky was, it was not as good as her T.S. Madison performance, but I'm not mad at it. To the extent she took the scene from Sugar, Sugar, Sugar did not do enough to prevent it being taken.
1: Yeah, Suga didn't really put herself in the scene the way she knew she was going to have to put herself in the scene. Because was it a surprise that Silky did what she did? Was it a surprise that Silky was this over-the-top, I'm hawking butt pads out of my back? Oh, you need this kind of butt? No, it wasn't a surprise what Silky did at all. Silky ganache. Got a silky ganache.
0: Indeed. And I just think sugar had to ramp it up to at least have a shot at making Silky look like she was doing a bad thing by being so scene-steely as opposed to just being the only one on stage, which is how it turned out. Uh, next up was... Uh,
1: Brooklyn and Nina.
0: So there were a lot of good things in this scene and a lot of bad things. My one critique of Brooklyn's look. We all agree. Speaking as someone who just yesterday uh, liked a picture of Brooklyn Heights, butt on Instagram, Brooklyn has a lovely body. No one's disputing that. No one could dispute it reasonably. But it's a boy body. It's the body of a boy. Yeah. And I get we were blurring her tuck. I assume she was wearing tucking panties as opposed to a Speedo or what have you. But that was a boy wearing a blonde wig. And so it, from the jump, I... I don't know if, like, the, like, new challenge bodysuit back in season, what was that, eight, seven, seven, season seven, um, would have worked in the same way or would have looked, like, stupid in the scene, but I, I just, it, it wasn't a drag look to me because it was just, here is Brooklyn Heights body, and I think everyone was just relying on, everyone will enjoy seeing this stand-in for the sadly absent pit crew, uh, on the screen.
1: I mean... Everybody was... Whoever played the sunbather, it was going to be a naked or basically naked body.
0: I think... I I want I want to know what Nina would have done.
1: True. That would have been... Because you're right. Because we know what Brooklyn was going to do. Yeah. We knew Brooklyn was going to do exactly what Brooklyn did.
0: In as little as possible.
1: Although... One, the one thing that I did love about Brooklyn was that I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting her to be able to, I wasn't expecting her to be as funny as she was. And yet, the whole thing where she pulled in like, oh, I teach interpretive dance at the community center, that whole, she had a perfect... I am the weirdo down the street who teaches interpretive dance and sunbathes in the nude yeah. in my neighbor's yard.
0: And credit where it's due, she took the advice about incorporate. she draw, She is comfortable with movement, so she incorporated movement to make herself more comfortable. She took that advice around with it to her credit. Very well done. The jo- the level four vegan joke, I don't eat anything that casts a shadow, is a someone else's joke. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to remember where I heard it, but it was definitely, I think, like an episode of 30 Rock or something. Um, but I'm going fi- to find out. But don't get me wrong. Uh, there, there, there's a line about, you know, uh, good writers borrow, great writers steal.
1: <laughs> I knew that Level 4 Vegan was a reference to something. Yeah. I cannot tell you what it was a reference to. It was a reference to something, but it was a it were- perfect reference for Brooklyn to pull.
0: Yeah. So, uh, coming out to Nina, I felt when she said Q word, I'm like, you were depending on Brooklyn Heights to give you your entrance I don't like to blame victims, but that's a little bit your
1: fault. I will say, like my favorite quote of that entire thing was <laughs> when Nina looked at Brooklyn and went, "I call her Paula, and I keep her hidden."
0: That was a good line. Um, I like. I like. I really like Nina's makeup. Yes. Like, and the hair was perfect. The like. What. Tra- tra- le- uh, what's the mom's? Oh, look who I'm asking. I'm, I'm about to ask you who. What's the mom's name on? Uh, here comes Honey Boo Boo, and I'm like, you're not gonna know
1: that. Mama June, right?
0: Well, well, hush my mouth. Um. So yeah, it, it, she was giving. She was completely in character. She did not. I'll say not as bad as Sugar and Silky, but I don't. Brooklyn ran away with the scene a little bit because Nina let letter She let the cue thing throw you off your game and. The thing with live theater, even if you're working with extremely competent, experienced people, shit is going to happen you did not plan for. A lighting cue will go wrong, someone will cough in the audience, the building will catch on fire, and you have to just keep going. And and I believe Nina knows that. I'm not saying that like she doesn't know, but I it, she let it rattle her when at some point you have to remember nothing is going to go perfectly and you still have to keep going.
1: Although the, the end of it when... Nina's character was kind of becoming confused slash intrigued slash aroused by Brooklyn the sunbather that's when it really hit me I was not expecting there to be so much weird oddball chemistry between Nina and Brooklyn at any point in the scene yeah but there was and it worked and it was a lot of fun yeah
0: uh, next up, the weakest. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's not even worth rehashing the critiques, I think, just because Vanji was at a 10. I, when she started taking off the earrings, I did laugh because that was just a funny visual, but uh, Vanji was on screaming the whole time, and Plastique didn't know what she was doing.
1: The whole thing about that kitty skit was when they announced the premise and the characters. I was like, that doesn't sound like a lot to work with. And then I'm curious how much they get as far as what the premise of the scene is. Like if all they got was a cat fight or if they got more than that. Only because there really really was no storyline. And they had time to prepare this. So even though it was an improv scene... It didn't have a storyline. It was here, there, and everywhere. And, I mean, when in doubt, Vanji being Vanji always cracks me up. Yeah. But there wasn't any... I mean, and I was... I'll put it this way. As soon as they said during the during the workroom when they were allocating roles that Vanji said she would be the alley cat, I was really looking forward to see what, you know sassy badass street Vanjie would do because sassy badass street Vanjie sounds amazing. Yeah.
0: Uh, but
1: there's no story. There
0: was nothing. I mean, it was cute when plastique like Cheyenne Jackson counted off an eight count of dancing for the purpose of making her look ridiculous. And then girl did it. And that was cute, but not enough.
1: Yeah, that was, it was fun. It was certainly the, the highlight yeah. of the scene. But it wasn't, and it,
0: and it. And it uh, I will. I will. I, I'm going to have Cheyenne Jackson repeating the phrase "Cooter Slam" as my ringtone for the rest <laughs> of my life. Um,
1: and I don't care how much you've, you know, tucked things in, and that has to. Like, yes.
0: Like even if you only hit the taint.
1: Yeah. Like.
0: Like if they were lifted up and not in, go and dip. That hard on any part of the body in that region.
1: Th- there would be aftershocks.
0: Like I, please, I slammed my hip into the corner of my desk the other day, and I'm still feeling it because I'm 200 years old and nothing works anymore. Aging is a cruel joke. Um, and on that, on that very hilariously appropriate note, we can transition into the world's oldest twerker, Akira Chanel Davenport. <laughs>
1: I did not realize until that twerking scene. Like, that twerking scene when, yeah, there's no hip pads, there's no nothing. Akiria has ass.
0: Yeah, for days. Um, I will say, I did, when, I, when the scene started, I'm like, why is she wearing a Hillary Clinton wig? And then I'm like, oh, she's being an old person. Okay, hey, you know what? I'll take that over like a crappy makeup job to make you look old any day of the week
1: an old person who was you know she's an old person but she's still an old street twerker like she's 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 trying to keep her pussy up
0: she's kept it tight um I love this scene I (sighs) I think Evie got a little out acted by Akiria, but not in a bad way it was just someone has to win because competition is the only thing that matters uh but Akiria was fucking amazing it was like watching it was like watching Serena Williams just hit a tennis ball back at you just every single time Every single thing they said or did, Akira in the moment bounced something back that was hysterical. When she broke, when she broke out to like try to bolt it was like <laughs> trying to climb the fence. Oh my god, that was so good.
1: And the you know all of the twerk puns yeah. were dead on. And even around all of the absurdity of ass and twerking and. Marky Mark and the whole like mother daughter thing yeah. coming out like not only was it weird and funny and full of lots of ass and twerkus puns and you name it but when they got the whole like mother daughter thing you actually felt emotions yeah. like you were you were choked up when they
0: discovered each other. Yeah, I only feel one emotion a day now, and that was where I spent it.
1: It was. It was. So well put together. Like, it was the antithesis of, you know, just before that, we were talking yeah. about Vangie and Plastiv, yeah. who there was no story. There were unexpected layers of story in a curious kind movies. Of
0: it's an accomplishment that they actually pulled off the story. Yes. Because that could have gone south. We could have been asking ourselves, wait, wait, who was what now? What would you do to Marky Mark? Uh, and I have to say, they they did a really good job of letting each other have focus. They... They took turns like grown-ups.
1: Yeah, it was was clearly well-planned, well put together. They had chemistry. They knew what they were doing. And it executed as well as I'm sure either of them could have imagined it executing.
0: Yeah. So uh, back in the workroom after the challenge... Uh, the only thing that stuck out to me was Brooklyn being like, Nina worries too much, and Nina does worry too much, and it's another reason that I'm like having this like, real strong bonding moment with Nina, where it's like, there's a lot of me and Nina there, just a lot I recognize and it's making me think about things. Um,
1: I've, had, I've had a lot of that this season, although I don't think my worry tends to be quite as productive as Nina's, or at least not yet. I think I'm more of a Brooklyn-style worrywart than a Nina-style worrywart. Because Nina worries, figures it out, and moves on like an adult. Brooklyn worries about stuff and beats herself up over it and is pretty sure that she's never going to figure it out, even though sometimes, like today, she certainly does. So they worry in very different styles, just like we worry in very different styles. Hmm. All right, I think it's time
0: to dive into the runway, but before we do, a word from our non-sponsor. Have you tried not? For those times when you feel like offering an opinion on the internet on a subject you only just learned about on Wikipedia, always remember, you could not. For those times when you feel like bombarding the mentions of an actor just trying to make a living because you're mad about something a writer, a totally different human being, did, you could not. When you find yourself about to lecture a member of an historically oppressed minority about their life experience, All you have to do is just not. It's not, and it's available anytime, anywhere, and it's the perfect way not to show your entire ass to the entire internet all at once. Just remember that not every thought, opinion, or feeling you have needs to be fucking expressed the minute your fucking brain creates it, and you too can just not. Not. Because you shouldn't. And now back to the show. And we're back. Uh, Starting the runway, the theme was Face Kini. That's a word I don't like saying.
1: It doesn't really weird me out to say it. Face-kini. I it's... don't like
0: listening to it.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure what strings it plucks in you, but clearly I don't have those same strings. Yes, yeah.
0: onomatopoetically, it's an upsetting word.
1: Yeah, I was I was not quite sure what to expect. I you know, I saw the RuPaul face-kini look with, you could see eyes, you could see cover you could see lips wasn't sure where people were going to take it and they certainly took it in all kinds of different ways i think there was during the workroom prep if you will silky oh she certainly got her she got her edit there when everyone else is painting on their faces and i was i was thinking when they showed the theme it's like okay the outfits are going to matter but the face is going to be more difficult. It's like, okay, day in and day out when you're doing your drag show, you have most, if not all, of your face showing. You're used to how to do full face and accentuate this and accentuate that. But doing the face skinny properly, you're losing a lot of that. So what was going to show, like you had to incorporate the idea of your face like part of your face being covered and make sure that what parts of the face did show worked out well with the outfit with the face covering with the concept and then to have this challenge that sounded so tough and silky just shaking her ass in the middle of the workroom while everyone else is working on their faces oh silky yeah
0: but you know, like like any good tale of a tragic hubristic hero, she gotta come up at least a little.
1: At least a little.
0: Um, I will say uh, the third guest judge is now here Natasha Leone, who by is fucking amazing in Russian Doll, fucking amazing in Orange is the New Black, and I find it adorable that uh, last week they had Clea DuVall and this week they had Natasha Leone. So that's both halves of the romantic lead-in, but I'm a cheerleader, one of the first super gay movies I watched when I was a teenager a thousand years ago, so that made me very happy. She was also just great generally. Her hair was amazing, her outfit was amazing, her energy was amazing. I always, I just love a judge who knows how to chuck themselves into the festivities.
1: Yeah, it's always nice, even if even if they're not a judge you know or follow, it's always nice seeing a judge who just knows and appreciates and eats up the fact that, holy crud, I'm a guest judge on Drag Race this week.
0: Alright, so starting down the runway... Oh, wait, where where are my manners? Mother first. Uh, this was a pretty canonical Rue look. I love the color. I, I normally don't like something that twee, but she made it work.
1: I liked the color. I liked the shape. It was... it was fun. Like. Yeah. I appreciated Rue's look this week.
0: So I have to say, so starting with uh, Silky coming down the runway, I have to agree with Michelle that that red cockroach to me, I thought she was just roach from the start. If only because you don't kill flies with bug spray.
1: Yeah. I, it didn't read fly because there was no wings. The face, I mean, you certainly had your (laughs) foreshadowing there with, Silky talking about how she wasn't going to do much with her makeup, but yeah, they come out and the first thing I scribbled down was that's not a face kini, that's a bug mask, and you know even with the you know with the, with the spraying things, it's like okay, that's been done before with like you know Brooklyn spraying was it Brooklyn that was spraying like the bubble salute but, the bu-
0: that was Scarlet,
1: Scarlet yes. Tall, thin, white queens. Like, they all look the same. All white people look alike. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so... Just, that was... It's like, okay, there's already been, like, a spray prop this season. And it was done better. And, you know, okay, there's clearly some paint on your lips. But you had, like, what? A Nelson mask over your well, eyes. the
0: eye holes weren't over her eyes. They were, like, over her eyebrow ridges. It, it was very strange.
1: Yeah, it was... And it didn't work.
0: I mean, I like the out- I like the top half of the outfit. I kind of like seeing her in something not a pageant gown, but I think the bottom could have been more interesting, or even had she had she done that like leather jacket with something more interesting in the bottom, I think it would have been a better look. But
1: I think I was too I mean the dress was okay. I think I was just too distracted by the half-assed face in a challenge where the theme of the challenge is face. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Up next was uh, Sugar Cane. Sugar's look, uh, it took me a second to warm up to it. I, I think the harsh border, or maybe harsh is the wrong word, but like the thick border around the eyes and mouth kind of threw me off. I get it kind of thematically worked with the lines of the, of the whole dress. I liked it more during the critiques when we got a lot more close-ups, but... It's a very interesting look, and certainly, and I think they, they correctly praised her for it, an original take on the challenge. No one would hear Face Keeney and think, I'll wear my Victorian promenading dress that I used to go walking about the park in the 1900s. Really well done.
1: Yeah, I really liked Sugar Cane's. It was, it was unsettling, but not in a, unsettling, I hate this, but it was unsettling as in... It was high drama. It was kind of Death Mask Clown Meets Period piece. Yeah. Yeah. And oh I was I was here for Sugarcane's Runway.
0: Alright. Next up, uh, Steampunk Zebra, Brooklyn. It was good it was good.
1: I thought it was I really liked the construction of it. Yeah. I've never been I've never been huge into steampunk. I knew some people back in, not anymore, but Olivia used to. Olivia used to be a professional computer geek, and surprise, surprise, there are a lot of professional computer geeks who are very much into the steampunk aesthetic. <laughs> no. Which, you know, to the point that there the only time I've ever dressed steampunk in my life, and mind you, it was not as well constructed as Brooklyn Heights, was when we all got together, got drunk, and read a steampunk themed parody of the movie Hackers. It was called Clockers. We all picked parts and oh what was it? I wish I, I wish I could remember the steampunk analogy that it had to hack the Gibson, but it was appropriately crude and awkward like so much of steampunk seems to be. Yeah.
0: I, I I like the zebra headpiece on Brooklyn.
1: I I actually missed the gears
0: on the dress, uh, yeah. On I, the
1: dress until they were talking to her later. Yeah. Because I was so enchanted by the wire mask.
0: Yeah, the wire mask was really well done. Uh and it's not a bandage dress, so good on you, Brooklyn. It's true uh nina oh my favorite i'm gonna say it i think my favorite look on the runway
1: i loved nina's eyebrows i loved
0: nina's everything she was her hips were padded it was a pantsuit that still looked feminine it was like this weird club kid look the only thing i'll critique about nina's look was i thought she was doing an exaggerated lip and then in Untucked and in the discussion, she said that was a mustache. And then looking at it much closer, I could see it was a mustache. I think it still looks like a lip.
1: I think it still looks like a lip, But too. it's fine. I mean,
0: the proportions the proportions worked. The eyebrow, the eyelashes were great. All of that. It they was told
1: like, Nina to start proportionizing a couple weeks ago. And she started yeah, proportionizing. Better
0: than anyone except maybe Shangela. This bitch is incorporating the judge's critiques oh, on yes. an instantaneous basis. It's not even, and it's not, and it doesn't feel cheap. It isn't like they said, well, give us ugly, and then she went too far. It's like she really found a way to incorporate the critiques into making that, like, those pants were tailored for the gods, like that. It was like this weird, like, club kid joker, and I lived.
1: Yeah, she's taking the critique, and instead of having it knock her off her game... She's using it to become an even more refined version. Yeah, of, of her, No West. Yes,
0: agreed. Uh, next up was was, it... was
1: Vanji's rubber fetish fantasy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Van tonight, the role of Detox will be played by Miss Van. <laughs> uh, like, like I, and I'm not. I'm not being shady here. I've literally seen Detox in that outfit.
1: Yeah, I was. I was. I loved Vanjie's eyes from behind the mask. Yeah. And, you know, it had... It was a little weird, like... It was a little weird in the sense that I'm not quite used to, like, a rubber fetish outfit moving like that. Yeah. But, you know, it moved enough for her to walk on the runway, and... I did. Like, it was very, like... It was very, like, actual real-life Night at the dungeon in a way, Plastique's fetish-type outfit was not.
0: Okay, and I'm... Okay, because Condi's not here, I have to do this for her. So, so, now a segment on Reading Drag Race. Condi disagrees with Michelle Visage. I don't think the stirrup pants made a bad look. I think the weird tubular legs, as opposed to, Like, had those legs hugged Vangie's legs, she would have been clocked for wearing what's essentially a leotard with legs. Yes! Also, when Detox wore almost an identical outfit, it wasn't body-hugging and feminine. It was weird and androgynous and gagging, and you ate it up with a spoon, Ms. Massage. This has been Condi disagrees with Miss Elvisage And now back to the rest of the show.
1: <laughs> and the comment about, oh, you know, you should have had some boobs in there. No, like, I thought it was fine without stuffing in some absurd right. it did not need it did not need bazooba.
0: I and I, I agree with Natasha Leone uh that uh, the like places where it wasn't like strictly feminine enhanced the look, not detracted from it.
1: Yeah, I was I was digging Vanji's look and I know that I'm probably don't have that much ability to be partial when it comes to what Vanji does or does not do, because I'm as I made clear last time I was on here, on a bash Vanjie stan. But as much as I enjoyed it, I enjoyed Vanjie's look even more when Plastique came out right after Vanjie with another kind of rubber fetish-inspired outfit. But Vangies was weird and fun in a way that Plastique's was... Literal. Ta- yeah, tailored literal, um and also the, the whole face-kini theme.
0: Yeah, she didn't respond like, to the challenge.
1: She didn't respond to the challenge. Like, it's not a face-kini if you've got kind of an X of straps across your face, which was really all that
0: yeah, all she had.
1: Plastique had, whereas vanji actually had a face mask and some rocking, interesting eye makeup behind the face mask. Okay. Like, she, Vanji face keenied. Plastique did not. Yeah.
0: So moving on to, when I say Nina's was my favorite, it was not by a huge margin. A curious plastic surgery look was phenomenal.
1: Oh my god. I loved it. I loved that look like as deeply as I... He did everything like, she did and, and, in the monster
0: outfit. One place Michelle was correct is pointing out that we've done the plastic surgery look a lot over the years. There was uh, Miss Fane doing it. Uh, Trixie and Pearl did it uh, their season as well. So, like, I will say this was the best iteration of the look because the detail work was exquisite.
1: It had detail everywhere. Change this, change that, arrows here, lines... Pull up, push in, whatever. Right. And, and what really sold me on the details was that it went all the way up to the face. Yeah. Like the the facial reconstruction plastic surgery markers were done in excruciating exquisite detail. Yeah,
0: I didn't clock those were rhinestones for the arrows on first blush, and then it was like, holy fucking shit. Like and there was not a single pucker.
1: No it was it was tailored to a T. Yeah, it was well constructed and no, it went from concept to realization of concept flawlessly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, loved it. Oh. And uh, closing out the night was Evie in what kind of felt weirdly like a re- retread of her dinosaur look.
1: Yeah, it did look very fish dinosaur. But on the other hand, you know, going back to the comment that I made where I felt like Evie was kind of going I think Evie needed a back to basics sort of week hmm. in the sense that she's been in the she's been in the limelight, she's been under the lights. She had that debacle of a snatch game last week and then the couple weeks before where the storyline, you know, there was so much of just her getting you know tripped up and trying to outdo herself despite the you know eler's Donlows flare up and now this week she you no know, yeah in a sense there was a lot of her old dinosaur look to it but I liked the fact that she kind of... Allowed herself to become so fundamentally Evie in that look. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of. It was a face kini, but with sort of a distended, weird shape that was a different take on face than any of the other queens yeah, provided. The, the,
0: the lip detail thing was super weird. I, super Eevee.
1: I lived for it.
0: Yeah. So the tops were uh, Silky, Brooklyn, and Akira. Which, I would have.
1: See, I, I find it. Int... I'm gonna. I'm yeah. gonna stop you right there. I know it's kind of typically three and three, but was Silky one of the tops though? I don't think
0: so. Like, her... like
1: I thought it was a. Well, no. Like even the way they were reading them, like as as good as Silky wasn't the challenge because Silky was gonna Silky. I was a little pissed off that um, I'm like. Nina and like Nina Evie they both were so good. It almost felt like a top 2 bottom 4 to me.
0: Interesting. They they did read her pretty hard for not responding to the challenge and I'm thrilled about that.
1: Oh yes, they read her, they read her hard for that. And you knew she wasn't going home as a result. Totally. But yeah. I really thought it was there was a curia there was Brooklyn, because they couldn't just put a curia and a bunch of people in the bottom. And Brooklyn was solid hey, the entire yeah, way you through. You know what?
0: If anyone gets a congratulations, you've already won. Go have a seat. There was, that was a great It was Brooklyn. Yeah. But... Uh, I, I I just wanted Nina to stay on stage because I wanted the judges to discuss that outfit.
1: That would have been awesome. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that.
0: One thing, I will say, credit where it's due, Brooklyn did... Thank Nina in her acceptance speech yes. on stage. And I appreciate that. So thank you for being a decent person. Um, <laughs> uh, bottoms were... So the definite bottoms were obviously Vanjie uh, and... Uh,
1: Vanjie and Plastique. Plastique. And then, like...
0: Even Sugar felt like... Like, it felt like there, was, there were the two tops, the two bottoms, and then, like, two people in the middle. Yeah. Like... Like, here's the thing. Like, you loved Sugar's outfit and you were lackluster on her performance. You loved Silky's performance and were lackluster on her outfit. Nina's performance was fine and her outfit was amazing. I think if you're going to have a third top, and who doesn't love a third top, um, you should have had Nina on stage.
1: I think they must have kept Sugar and Silky just because there were things that they the judges really wanted to read them for, or Rue really wanted to read them for. Whereas everything Nina did was at worst solid. Everything Evie did was at worst solid. And so since I guess they must have decided that they really wanted to read the things that had flaws in them, so the people who... While not Icaria this week, were still pretty darn good from top to bottom. Got to go untuck while yeah. they read Silky and Sugar along with everybody else.
0: So I'll say, uh, in terms of the bottom critiques, the the one thing I did really agree with uh, was something Rue said uh, once they were off stage was that Vanji has to learn how to harness that energy and use it on command yes. rather rather than just like a fire hose. Um, and I think that that is fair. I I continue to love Vanji. I would absolutely pay money uh, to go see Vanjie on my own on my you know my free time. But in terms of this competition, Vanji seems to just. I, I said this like at the start of the season, and Condi almost took my head clean off my shoulders when I drew a comparison to Alyssa Edwards. And I think the season has borne my comparison out. I still think Vanjie is a notch more entertaining than Alyssa Edwards. But I think that same quality of, even if I'm not doing it, even if I'm not doing what you wanted, the fumbling failure is still so fucking hilarious, you'll let it slide. And Alyssa got pretty far on that on that accidental strategy. I know Vanjie is capable of a notch better performance than she's turning in. I don't know if she's in her head. I don't know if she's tired. I don't know what it is. But she is not turning in... It, the the gap between where I know she can be and where she is is getting more noticeable the closer we get to the end.
1: And hopefully this, hopefully this week will be a wake-up call.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think next week she has to win or go home.
1: I think she's getting there just because her competition is so tough. And it pains me to say that. You know, in my... Not watching and talking about Drag Race World. I had a, had a long day at work today. And there were several times where I took a deep breath and I'm like... I get Miss Vanjie in my life tonight. So it's okay. I love me some Vanjie. But I agree that she's having some shortcomings yeah. when it comes to being a Drag Race contestant.
0: Yeah. And that being and I agree. And one of the places she does not fall short is the bitch's lip syncs. No. (laughs) That was a good perform. And I'll say this for both of them. They both clearly knew all the words. For step one, knew all the fucking words. Vanjie started out at a higher energy level, but successfully sustained it. And I think uh, Plastique did a good job of building to a thing, like going to the back of the stage and building an energy and an arc to the song. I think Vanjie cleanly won, but that's not because Plastique fucked up.
1: No, Plastique... Plastic Slipsync sync was good. It was enjoyable to watch, but Vanjie just kept the energy up. Yeah. Although, also, I think Vanjie was wasn't an advantage from the outset, just because her outfit was so loud. Like she had the personality to carry the outfit, but really, just that fiery red from shoulders to toes, just really drew your eye to Vanji and that said she had enough personality to keep it and make your eye feel earned. Well I,
0: something I kn- I thought was like it's she's moving like she's not in that costume which was really impressive like it didn't swallow her which I think it easily could have yes she was giving us her like authentic performance and then incorporating the costume where it helped and that was that was really well done. Like, I'll say it this way if like in a world in which we hadn't done a double save, if Rue had chosen this as the double save, I would not have been like, yes, Queen, this was absolutely double save. I would have been like, you know, we knew you were going to do it, and if you're going to do it here, I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm not writing a letter. Yeah, uh, it would
1: have been fine. Yeah,
0: it would have been fine, which which is a compliment. Like, you, did a perform- you both did a performance worthy of neutrality on a double save. It's still a pretty high bar.
1: Yeah, because I hate double saves in general. Yeah. But I would not have been mad about that one. The one thing I will say about mm-hmm. how they looked in the lip sync is, like Plastique was, you know, the the gorgeous prim and proper Plastique as always with the what little face kini she had, like the little you know straps across her face. The makeup looked off proportion without the straps mm-hmm. during the lip sync. Fair enough. Fair and, enough. you know. I don't know how much she could have done about it, given the brief time in the workroom before going back and doing the lip sync. But I think she would have looked a little better had she kept the straps on. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I can see that. So, Plastique is going home. It's sad, but it's, I mean... I, I think we're getting to that point where there are a couple of queens who have gotten as much out of the show as they are going to get without winning, and they probably don't have a great chance of winning. I hate to say it, but I think Sugar Kane is probably on that short list. Yeah. Uh, Untucked this week. We never talk about Untucked because uh, Condi can't watch Untucked for religious reasons. Um, so, it was a- for the Untucked we're going to talk about, that was a low-fucking-key unfucking fucking tuck Jesus
1: it was a low key untucked but i really enjoyed it like these seri- going back to oh it's adults being adults and oblivious watching adult television now you had for the you know the first while the safe queens which is to say Nina and Evie go back and actually just sit down and have this very mature heartfelt conversation about what's going on so far and their place and everything. And it was, it was engaging to watch oh, just yeah. because they weren't, it didn't feel like they're hamming it up for the camera. It was them having a real yeah, conversation. It was, it was
0: great watching a seasoned and young, not new, new, but comparably new uh, queen to d- discuss their profession and what they like about each other. Like I- I'm a big fan of, you don't have to hate You, do not have to tear down the other queens to make yourself look better. And that was very nice. Uh, beyond that, it was just like a lot of hanging out. Natasha Lyonne was charming. It was just... It is... Like, I think this is going to be like... Like, I could see this episode of Untucked being very divisive on Twitter for that exact reason. Where it's like, there's us, the the Grand dames, the Dowager countesses of the drag world. Who are like, oh no, I just want to watch good performers perform well. And then be nice to each other. Versus the stupid children... Who who think that flipping tables is the only way you show emotion? Um, So, but I I I get it. It was it was a very it was a very chill episode, and it led to a very chill Untucked.
1: And I loved during Untucked, you know, they're having you know once the other queens come back, they're having their conversation, and everyone else, top, bottom, and anywhere in between, is there and like talking to Natasha Leone, and the whole time Miss Vanjie is in the back just. Going back over the song because she figures there's a good chance she's gonna have to lip sync, so she may as well, you know, do work and own that stuff to make sure she's around to fight another day. And yeah. then she comes back with Silky's bug mask on and the bug spray, Miss Silky, Miss Silky.
0: That was that was delightful, and I, I think on that lovely absurd note I think that is this week's episode Uh, this has been Reading Drag Race Uh, rate and review us on iTunes we're on Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts of any sort Uh, follow us on Instagram at Reading Drag Race Uh, I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch
1: and I'm Oblivia
0: and now as always, a reading from that girl down the street Bye. bye
2: hey sisters wait, fuck that bitch went home week one. Hey, drag race fans. It's me, that girl down the street with your weekly drag queen tarot reading. Today, we're going to be reading for Miss Plastique Tiara, the most recently eliminated queen from RuPaul's Drag Race. Let's get started. Hmm, let's have a look. So the three cards for Plastique are the Knight of Pentacles, the Ace of Cups, and the Queen of Pentacles. Not bad, bitch, not bad. So there's quite a few Pentacles here which means that you're probably going to have some wealth and material success moving forward. But being the first queen with over a million followers at this point in the season, uh, no fucking kidding, bitch. No fucking kidding. I also find it funny that you ended up with the Knight of Pentacles, as it's said that you're kind of a workhorse queen, and the Knight of Pentacles is really that workhorse character. So he's all about just hardworking, methodical dedication. He stares off into the future, uh, kind of just keeping his eyes on the prize. So I think this is a really good analogy for you because it's all about plotting the long course, and seeing it through to the very end, and I think that you've really set yourself up to do that. So, being from the House of Edwards, being such, like, honestly, bitch, you're the fishiest fucking bitch I've ever seen in my life. So, I mean, you're obviously in this for the long haul. You're only 21, and to have this type of discipline at this point girl, you fucking got it. Good for you. Additionally, the Ace of Cups is all about just a new, a new chapter, really. I always, I always equate Aces with the start of something new because it's the first card in each of the suits. So the Ace of Cups is all about really just like new instances of like ways of thinking and just like really it's it's all about like love really it's about emotion so new emotion and just being able to really allow your cup to run it over with uh expression so it's all about just being open to those opportunities to allow love into your life And just know that if you do so, you'll be greatly rewarded. So this is all about being fucking in it, bitch. And uh, I think that's something that you've really embraced throughout this season. Uh, And I think that it's something that we'll continue to see from you moving forward so the ace of cups is really a great card to have in this situation because it's all about just allowing yourself to really receive all the love that surrounds you and really putting that back out into the world your final card is the queen of pentacles and really i can't think of a better card for a drag queen to have because the Queen of Pentacles is, like, the... bitch. She's the bitch that- Whew! I lost you for a sec. So, the Queen of Pentacles, she's like, that HBIC for real. She's the head bitch in charge, she's uh possibly in like even like back in the day she symbolized kind of like this lady that was like the primary breadwinner she was able to have a working life a home life she's really that bitch that just like has it all so uh and and honestly pentacles are all about money they're all about money honey so having the Queen of Pentacles is really a good thing because it, it points towards a successful future towards you. And really, this Queen of Pentacles, she's all about, like, balance and just having having it all. So having, having love, having having a stable home life, having a stable working life, being successful, all those things wrapped into one. So the Queen of Pentacles, she's really a great card for any queen to have. Between the three, this is probably the most positive reading that I've given, which, um, it's really saying something, because almost all of them have been ridiculously positive, to the point where I'm just like, can we fucking get a tower in here, bitch? Like, I want to see one of th- I want- sometimes you just gotta be like Mother Teresa and just like pay the compliments and I just uh, I just thought I was gonna be able to be more shady during this process but you know the cards say what they say and it's the case that this is probably the most positive reading thus far because the Knight of Pentacles like between the three The Knight of Pentacles and Queen of Pentacles are really just about, like, hard work, determination, and focus. And really just allowing yourself to have it all because you deserve it all. And then the Ace of Cups is really just about, like, allowing uh, love and just emotion into your life it's allowing your emotions to shine through so uh it's something that we've definitely seen you grow into during this process and it's something that you should really continue exploring because it's through uh you know the expression of these things that you know you're going to get to where it is that you want to be. And I think you're already there in a lot of ways. As they say in RuPaul's Drag Race, losing really is the new winning. So um I'm sure we'll see you at All Stars at some point. Bitch, you deserve it. And honestly, fuck everyone that has something to say about you because I live I thought you were Right, and the the critiques that you got were fucking bullshit so like whatever like water off the ducks whatever just whatever you're great I love you uh, okay so this has been another drag queen tarot reading with that girl down the street part of the reading Drag Race podcast, reminding you that sometimes the cards read us, and sometimes we read the cards. But honestly, like, can can I just, like, fucking read somebody already, because all this positivity is just really not my fucking jam. But, like, but, uh, Plastik, you were amazing, and, uh the cards have nothing but great things to say for you so uh i look forward to seeing what else you do i've loved your uh social media post race so just like you know keep it up keep earning those coins stay on the long path and just reap all that rewards this because it's gonna be here for a while to come love you bye CLUB 96